just in a nutshell explain to us why this mechanism has um, come about now of all times? Because people are talking about the cost of living. It's a major issue, isn't it? In some sense, this is not really new. Uh, but in some sense, it's actually a uh, uh, long time coming. Though, um, For example, if you take the state of Pahang, Pahang has not got a tariff increase in the last 42 years. Penang, 31 years. Trungano, 22 years. Uh, and I think Slang also is about 34 years. So this is an industry that has been suffering for quite some time. Uh, suffering in the sense that one, because of a lack of funds, the ability to build new treatment plants has been put on hold. The ability to manage and reduce non-revenue water has also suffered. Their revenue uh, does not allow them to pay for uh, energy because it's extremely very high. As I said, Pipe uh, owes TNB 1 billion ringgit. And all the states have the same problem. So it seems that every state has their own uh, concerns. Uh, some are downstream, some are further upstream. Where does the bulk of this tariff increase do you see being most productive? Because it's going to be reviewed every three years. So, for example, as a result of the increase in tariffs, Slango will get something like 105 uh, million in new revenue. Other states will also have similar, uh, some will get 30, some will get 40, uh, some will get 50 uh, million, one state will get 92 million, and so on and so forth. So, we have actually asked them to give us the list of new investments that is going to take place as a result of the increase in tariff. So they will be submitting to us. Uh, and in fact, they've already given it to us. It's on our website. You can actually look at it uh, exactly what they're going to be doing. We will monitor it from here. And also, number one. And number two, once we have the details of the project itself, it will be uploaded both on our website as well as in uh, the respective operators' websites. So you, as a citizen, can also monitor what exactly, where your money is going, if you want. So this is actually empowering people to take ownership. Also, I think going forward, uh, the country needs to prepare itself for the crisis or emergency involving climate change. Uh, you see rains, uh, you know, uh, long periods of time there'll be no rain, and suddenly it'll rain, you know, enough to flood cities and towns. So these are the uncertainties that, that will send water. And I think most strikingly for our purposes, uh, 90% of our drinking water, or 91, 92% of our drinking water, comes from rivers. Uh, and these rivers' carrying capacity has beginning to decrease. Uh, for example, the Ulumuda uh, scheme uh, that provides water to Penang, to, uh, to Kadar, as well as Perlis, has seen a 7% drop. What's the likelihood of that happening? Uh, I, I think we don't have a choice. You invest now or you pay the price later. So I think, you know, I mean, can you imagine factory with 3,000 workers cannot operate uh, because there's no water. One company came to here, came to us and said they have spent 7 billion ringgit in new infrastructure, new building, but they only can use 10% of it because there is no water. How much of it is lost primarily in the, in the pipes and transmission side? Uh, on the average, is 30%, 35%, 36%. But some, some states can go up to 60%. Uh, so that means for every $100, $60 is actually ending up either being stolen or ending up uh, in the, in the, on the ground. But that's where AI would come in, isn't it? Because, I mean, you're talking about data. You're talking about not just big data, but the most basic of engineering data, which would then be able to detect leakages based on abnormal flow or yeah. losses. Or so 
So we need the investments for that as well, isn't it? And we don't do investments. And actually, the system is available. System is available. The problem is you don't have to get it done. Our, our water operators have the system, except that they don't have enough resources, people, uh, and also the equipments and so on and so forth. So these are, these are the challenges. So I, I think, you know, once you give, uh, once you level the playing field, uh, and then in the, with the view of trying to create a standard uh, and a protective mechanism for Malaysia, then you're up to speed already. And then if you, you churn the profit, if everybody's making profits, there's no reason to increase tariff. We are talking about nationwide decision of policy that has been installed. So not just the fourth band in water, but fourth band in every other sure. utility as well. Um, shouldn't it be something like the environmental ministry or should it be an EPU-led uh, initiative that say, okay, guys, priorities needs to be so-and-so? Well, I think uh, in this particular case, when it, not only on water, but generally on climate change, the whole country has to move in a certain direction. And we have to do the transitioning from fossil fuels to renewable energy as fast as possible. This cannot be done by one person or one agency. It has to be done by everybody. And I think climate change or the ministry that talks about climate change should be given the highest level of priority in terms of allocations as well as policy making. Because that, that ministry will now then set the stage for the rest to follow. Uh, becomes the, the guideline, sets the, sets the template, if you want, that others should be following. I think we really have to move in that direction. We've very much come to that stage where um, we need another paradigm shift when it comes to climate change, isn't it? So if you could do two things, what do you think it would be? Uh, I think, well, schools should start teaching conservation as part of uh, their education. education and also universities. I mean, you know, sometimes it's much more easier to work with children and convince them about their future than the adults who are so used to wasting water. Though. So we need to start, start with children. And I think uh, in the case of water, uh, I think water should be made a national security priority. And as I said, $10 billion should be pumped in to upgrade for the next four, five, four years, all the water infrastructure that we have so that we can face a crisis when it happens. You know, you do not want factories to close halfway because they have no water. Uh, you do not want families to say, I got no water, I can't cook for my children. You do not want a situation whereby the country is standstill for, for two weeks or three weeks or for four weeks because there isn't sufficient water. Uh, and it is already happening in some countries already. I mean, recently in Iran, the country was so hot they had to cool down the economy. They said, please stay home. Please stay home. And then the same thing happened in Indonesia as well. In some parts of Indonesia, it was so hot. Uh, they said, please stay at home. You do not want to come to that stage. So you need to be prepared. And climate change, yes, we have to, uh, what do you call it, uh, focus on energy because that is the, uh, uh, is the emissions that are causing all these climate changes and climate uncertainties. But the victim of this climate is actually water. At what point do you see Malaysia achieving security in that sense? Well, it's a difficult question to answer, uh, partly because there are many, uh, you know, it's a kind of a jigsaw puzzle, many factors are involved. Uh, one is the weather factor. That's the key factor. Uh, and then number two is the requirements, uh, the conservation part that we're doing in Malaysia itself. So, for example, our consumption patterns are also very high. So on a, day, on a daily basis, we consume something like 245 uh, liters per day when the requirement is only about 130. Uh, and in the state of Penang, you'll have something like 300 uh, liters per day consumption. Now, this is something that we use for the house, for cooking, 
and of course for bathing and also washing cars and so on and so forth. So if you have a car for three cars in your house, the three cars get washed and that comes from your drinking water. So those people who are interested in cleaning, washing their cars and so on should be focusing on rainwater harvesting. Get, get the rainwater to, clean, to wash your car. That's fair deal though. But do not use processed water which is meant for drinking to wash your car. That's number one. Number two, we have to look at new sources of water. And the new source of water that is being used elsewhere, is something Malaysia can do. Malaysia has started in the most embryonic stage, uh, is to reclaim water. Uh, this is water that is actually extracted from sewerage. And that water can be at the very highest level of, of uh, you know, purity, if you want, which can actually support businesses, factories, uh, construction. It can also go for uh, plantations uh, and so on and so forth. Is there a mechanism for SPAN and for its own stakeholders further along the to actually tighten that part of things? I think basically, you know, uh, the Madani government and the Prime Minister himself, Dr. Sri Anwar, uh, is very con- committed to the issue of good governance, transparency, uh, no wastage, no leakages. I think it's very, very committed to that. And I think uh, going by that kind of line of argument is to set up committees at the state level uh, involving NGOs, water-specific uh, agencies, academics, you know, women's organizations, uh, the local operators, PAN, and so on, to ensure that the project actually uh, is taking place in the, in the way it should. And there is no leakages, there's no waste, and that is the priority of the state itself. So that means the community, people at large, will have direct access to documents, to, to receipts, to payments, and so on and so forth. And a lot of this will, will hopefully be also uploaded uh, in the website so people know exactly what's happening. So all of these strategies has to be pro- uh, pushed. And I think that's why I'm saying, you know, business has to come on board. All of society, uh, business, stakeholders, households have to come on board. Government has to provide some leadership on this matter to, f- to do everything possible to protect the nation, though. protect access to water. Uh, you can live without electricity, huh? uh, but you cannot live without water. So I think we need to get our priorities straight and therefore we need to change priorities though. Water, I mean, energy has got lots of support, lots of money involved, but water is, has been neglected over the years. So now it's time to pump up, push up. Mr. Charles, water is not glamorous. La. Energy is glamorous. <laughs> More money there. <laughs> energy is glamorous, you know. Yeah. Very much, I appreciate it. Very much.